0: For Merrifield, Kiermeier's in to score, Springer's coming down the line, he wants to score, is it inside the Parker for George Springer? Berrios on the move, pitch out, A-chain, blocked by Berrios, blocked by
1: Armstead, look at him, dive. look at him, score! David sliding it to Bouchard, he gets it back, The pass over, and a for
0: Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440
1: and the Kevin
0: Carrier Show.
2: Oh, and a good Monday morning to you. What a weekend again in sports. It's hard to keep track. Of everything, because so many things are going on. I mean, between baseball playoffs starting, we had the Ryder Cup, uh, full slate of NFL games. The Sunday Nighter was another Swiftable game, if you want to call it that. The Swifties were out front and center again, and... uh, uh, all the conspiracy theories now you know the everyone wants the Chiefs to win no penalty called and this and that on the Jets and it shouldn't have been a penalty and this and, oh man oh man uh, anyway welcome uh, to Sports 1440 uh, Kevin Carries along with our Monday morning co-host co-host Ann Munzer uh, good morning LA how was your weekend oh good morning Kevin it was awesome, awesome. H- how many how many kimmies on the bike that's what the kids call them now kimmies, kimmies yes Oh, that,
3: that's a that's a light weekend for you. It was a tootle again, oh. just uh, out enjoying the colors, the river valley, and just the neighborhood. It was beautiful. How I mean, the river valley
2: at this time of year isn't it such a? It's just uh, it's magical, is what it is.
3: It is, and I, I, mean, I truly understood a couple of years ago uh, with mom, we took her down mm-hmm. to see the colors, and we were on the downtown side. And it was when I truly understood green and gold because the valley was <laughs> yeah. just literally green and gold and it was just spectacular.
2: Yeah, the trees and leaves are just there's just so beautiful for sure. Uh, let's welcome in the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, off a, a massive weekend for yourself. Again, just you're traveling everywhere. You're 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 just a man in demand. How was it? How was yeah, the
1: weekend? It was a, it was a great weekend, Kev. I uh, this like in terms of sports wise, the lightest weekend I've had because I was on the road and kind of buzzing around and had a wedding to go to down in Calgary on Saturday night. Then traveling back and um, stopping at my niece's birthday party in <laughs> Delburn on Sunday before then continuing to travel north. Uh, so it was a lot of time in the uh, vehicle, which yesterday wasn't such a bad thing because now with our full time uh, weekend sports programming yeah. here in Sports fourteen forty, I could listen to Sports Talk Radio my whole drive back and. Like signal coming in clear as day, pretty much right from Calgary all the way back uh, to Fort Saskatchewan. So that was a nice little bonus. Busy weekend. I'm still, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, dragging toes a little bit here this morning. (laughs) Uh, Still catching up. Not a few, not many hours of sleep Saturday night, but. I'll be caught up in no time at all.
2: Well, and that was uh, my next point. Our our, uh, programming for sports now on the weekend—absolutely amazing. Um, As you mentioned, uh, Duke, you listened to it yesterday with all the NFL, and uh, I mean, it's just wall-to-wall coverage. Now, I mean, LA—you've got when you get into your vehicle now. I mean, you got you're going. Where's the oldies? You know, at on the weekend, you're probably going. Oh no, but no. But uh, now you got you just got wall to wall sports. So uh, everyone, uh, thanks for tuning in on the weekend. Um, lots of news again on the weekend. Uh, maybe we're going to get to George uh, Reed in in a moment uh, as the legendary CFL and uh, Saskatchewan Rough Rider passed away uh, yesterday, one day shy of his eighty fourth birthday. And I mean this is he was one of the best, if not the best running backs uh, ever. I mean, he doesn't have the all time rushing yardage, but he's right behind Mike Pringle. And I mean, he was just a, such a gentleman uh, off the field as well. I was fortunate enough to interview George several times uh, over the years and uh, just a true uh, gentleman um, before we get to, to George, cause um, um, Lorianna actually has a lot of uh, connections uh, with Georgette Reed, uh, George's daughter. So we'll touch on that uh, in a moment. Uh, The Oilers made me a bit of a surprise yesterday uh, on the weekend uh, announcing that Brandon Sutter is uh, no longer with the team. Uh, Sutter uh, released a statement saying, I'm grateful for the opportunity that Ken Jay and the Oilers organization have provided me uh, the past few weeks. You need to be 100% healthy to compete in the NHL. And although my health continues to improve uh, in consideration of my health and family, I'm officially retiring uh, from hockey. So, you know, I hadn't played for a couple years Long hauler with COVID, had a lot of symptoms in that sense, and it was tough for him to get back to 100%. So he's looking at it long term, uh, health wise. So, uh, Lorianne, I mean, when you, how do you, how do you kind of, on on your perspective with your mindset coach and, and your background, kind of what did you
3: make of that? You know that's oh, a tough decision yeah. i I was my jaw just hit the ground when I saw that because I thought oh cool the underdog you know and he's coming up he made the decision in July mm-hmm. to get back training and I mean that's got to be a tough decision because you're just going obviously there's something going on that made him choose this this path and I mean it's a tough one for the fans.
2: And teammates, too, because I think a lot of people, a lot of
3: teammates
2: thought that this was a, a piece of the puzzle that was going to be moving forward. Yeah, um, an integral part. Yeah, you know, that that fourth line right shot centerman that can win face-offs and, um, you know, size down the middle. So um, maybe uh, again, but now what happens? It's an opportunity for others. You got uh, guys on PTOS like Adam Ernie, um, Lane Peterson came in, and he now that's an opportunity for him to maybe show a little bit more than what he's shown. And uh, Sam Gagne, we've talked about him a lot. Uh, not really a factor. Yet, because of his hip issues, so he's got to have to go uh, down to Bakersfield and get comfortable, get his way going back to where he was. Uh, but it's an opportunity. So, it is. What do those players think now when something happens like this? A door opens, correct?
3: Exactly. And one door closes, another one opens, and it really, I, I think it's going to raise the bar. It's going to raise the energy in terms of what the up and coming players are gonna do. I think it's gonna raise the bar with, you know, the more the veterans on the team. And it's just, okay, what do you want to do and where do you wanna go? So the level of playing, I believe, is gonna go up. It always does. Mm -hmm. And then it's just a matter of finding those chemistry, the energy connections with the the teams like on the lines. Cause there's certain combinations that are exceptional right. and there's ones that are building. So the ones that are building, it's one more opportunity for them to showcase what they do really well and really build on their skills. Um,
2: we're going to expand on that and other topics in a new segment uh, starting today called Elevate Your Game, uh, brought to you by Ram Lifts, uh, a, a new sponsor advertiser coming on board today. So appreciate uh, Corey and everybody at Ram Lifts uh, for coming aboard. Uh, so we'll talk to Loriana a little bit about, you know, not just the Oilers situation, um, but everything kind of how we can elevate our own game in in many areas, you know, and that's that, that goes. farther than sports for sure Uh, Oilers by the way uh, in Seattle tonight um, interesting that they will be dressing quite a few veterans I guess you could say at least a dozen um, and that includes Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl expected to play tonight in Seattle Um, Kraken will be going with a a veteran lineup as well which includes former Oiler Kyler Yamamoto so it'll be uh, interesting that we will uh, Talk a little more Oilers a bit later, but, um, sporting world and, you know, in Canada was really uh, saddened yesterday with the passing of George Reed. One day shy of his 84th birthday, long time Saskatchewan Rider, 13 years. Um, if, if you are kind of my age, you remember George Reed quite well. He was just a powerful, powerful running back and, um, um, you got to know George's daughter, Georgette. I did. Lori Ann. So, yes. um, kind of explain your relationship. And, in, 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 I mean, it's a tough day for the Reed family, obviously. Uh, but, Georgette, you know, she was at U of A for many years. Now she's out west. Yes,
3: she is. Yeah. Uh, I got to meet Georgette at the 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was in the village. So, I got to meet her. And we've done a number of events throughout the city, across Canada and a phenomenal athlete mm-hmm. now a coach and just moving forward and and taking the athletes through the paces there's a lot more to it behind the scenes and just a phenomenal person to do it she was uh was she shot put shot put and discus, discus yeah. yeah 15 titles uh 17 canadian national championships and then 15 titles in shot put and discus so yeah she's quite decorated um and then just the fact—I mean, she
2: was a big part of, you know, growing up in Regina and things like that. Obviously, George Reed—he did so many things off the field as well that people probably don't know about as much as he did on the field. But uh, sixteen thousand one hundred sixteen rushing yards for George Reed. Uh, Mike Pringle broke that uh, all-time rushing uh, mark when he was with the then the double ears, the not the Elks, but the other team uh, in two thousand and four. Or- um. Uh, so, I mean, he won a great cup for, for the Riders in 1966. The It's funny, the Riders played, one of my earliest recollections of um, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders growing up in Saskatchewan was in 1976 when they played the Ottawa Rough Riders in the Great Cup. And it was a big uh, Tony Gabriel with a catch, but George Reed had retired at the start of that season. So he didn't get to to play in that. He probably easily could have played. Kept going, but George Reed, Ronnie Lancaster were you know this they were the cornerstones of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders franchise for for so many years. And uh, you know they have the statue of them outside yeah. uh, Mosaic Stadium now. But. Um, I mean, I don't know if you have, did you see any, you're probably watching maybe older highlights of him and things Some like that. Some old
3: highlights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Didn't get much in Toronto because yeah. that's where I'm from. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just got to know him a little bit through Georgette, mm-hmm. not a lot, but a little bit. And I also know uh, last week when you were talking with your mom out of all the football yes, players, exactly, George Reed yeah. is your mom's number one. I was like, blown away with
2: mm-hmm. that so uh, you know and I and she said that to me lots of times and same with Ronnie Lancaster as well uh, we were talking about George's uh, on-field uh, performance and um, all of his records and marks but he off the field um, won the Tom Pate Memorial uh, Award that's for uh, contribution to team community and the PA uh, Order of Canada in 1978 mm-hmm. uh, inducted into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame, Canadian Football Hall of Fame, State of Washington Hall of Fame, and then Canada Sports Hall of Fame. So there's another...
3: Another connection
2: there. Another connection yes. for you. What year did you go in? Uh, 2015. 2015, so... Uh, and then the uh, Plaza of Honour in 1987. Um, now, the other thing that he did, and that's why he's such a, a, a key cog, is that he was a very, uh, very involved in the Players Association. Yes. So, I mean... Uh, George Reed uh, passing away yesterday, uh, one day, today would have been his 84th birthday. Uh, we are going to have uh, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosie uh, join us uh, from Toronto, lined it up late last night. Hopefully um, uh, Randy will be right with us at about 7.20. So. Uh, you know randy this is you know back in his era as well uh, he will have his comments on on george reed for sure uh, uh Ann will guest with us our co-host from seven to nine as usual every monday morning mark specter on the mark uh will be with us at eight o'clock uh for booster juice our daily contributor at eight o'clock so spec we'll see how his weekend went the last time we talked to Speck when he was doing the old Frontier Fremont remember he had a, he had the chainsaw going the axe going <laughs> had the pictures going we were talking about it on Friday I don't know it, the fact that maybe it was uh, he photoshopped himself into that picture somehow
3: we were wondering that yes. totally you know
2: and then maybe you know he maybe uh, he grabbed some of those logs from uh, like one of the stands on the side of the road just put it on his ATV and whatever it looked good yes it looked good um, at 8:40 uh, again new segment uh daily called elevate your game uh today we will just kind of shoot the breeze with laurianne on that and and again elevate your game means several things it can be a a certain player who's elevating his game uh an opportunity just like we've been talking about with brandon sutter leaving um so you'll have some good points on because this is your background elevating your game so absolutely uh, laurianne will have some good points on that um on saturday was uh, truth and reconciliation day uh so obviously we were not on the air but we wanted to kind of look back and that and then uh, i thought well let's get shane peacock on shane's an old uh i I started covering shane when he was in lethbridge i I was working in lethbridge and well 30 years ago and uh he was playing for the hurricanes at the time rob dom was the coach of the hurricane so uh, shane's now with uh Enoch Cree Nation, so he'll he'll come in the studio, so I'm looking forward to him. Uh, He went down to, uh, after Lethbridge, he always told me that uh, uh, he went to Kalamazoo, and Ken Hitchcock was coaching in Kalamazoo. Small world. Yeah, so, and it kind of helped him get on track, he always said, you know, Hitchcock kind of, I guess, taught him how to play defense a little bit, because Shane was a heck of a, heck of an offensive defenseman. Curtis Pichelka, Bay Area News, uh, another uh, new uh, segment called the Puck Report. We will uh, check in with Curtis, talk a little San Jose Sharks. At 10 o'clock, uh, Dan Hayes, the uh, Minnesota Twins uh, beat reporter for The Athletic, will uh, guess with us, with us the Blue Jays take on Minnesota. Everyone thought it was going to be Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, but now the Blue Jays will take on uh, Minnesota, the best of three. Um Playing kind of type series in Minnesota, all three games. Now, and the key with this is the Jays have three good pitchers. They have three really good starters. If they can get on track there, just get a little bit of offense, the Jays have a good chance of winning this thing. Uh, and then at ten twenty, uh, Rod Peterson. Uh, he's been uh, with us uh, earlier in uh, the Kevin Carey show last month. He was with us. Uh, he was the Rough Riders play-by-play guy for twenty years, so he's got oh, obviously a lot of memories uh, regarding George George Reed. So. So uh, when we come back, we will hook up with CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosie for our pigskin report. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, George Reed, uh, the impact he had on the Canadian Football League and uh, what he meant to all the great fans and things like that. So uh, the Commissioner of the CFL, Randy Ambrosie, next, Karius uh, and Munzer, Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the Big Program 721 in Edmonton time now for the Pig Skin Report brought to you by Mr. Lube stop in now for an oil change, no appointment necessary. Be winter ready at one of their nine Edmonton locations, uh, Mr. Lube. Dot com. And we welcome in CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi. Randy, thanks for taking the time this morning. Uh, tough day for everybody in the CFL thinking about George Reed uh, passing away uh, yesterday, just one day, day shy of his 84th birthday. But, Commissioner, can you just sort of uh, uh, just kind of express what Mr. George Reed meant to, to the CFL for all these years?
0: Well, Kevin first, thanks for having me on. And secondly, it's uh, it's hard to put into words just how much George Reed meant to the league and to all of us. You know, you start with the numbers it's It's staggering to think about how much he accomplished you know during his during his career. He played uh, played thirteen seasons, only missed five regular season games. George Reed never missed the playoffs in the entire time, in the entire time, you know, he, he played, he, uh, you think about the rushing, the rushing yards. He's still to this day, the number one, all time, uh, uh, touched on leader at 134 rushing touchdowns. It just goes on and on. So, you know, look, he was a force of nature uh, on the field, it, to me, it's it's about the George Reed off the field. Mm-hmm. It's the impact that George had, not just in Saskatchewan, not just in Regina, but really the impact he had on all of Canada. He was he was a great ambassador for our game, but he was just a great human being. You think about the the work that he's done through his George Reed Foundation at re, at that real big focus on helping yeah. disabled and disadvantaged uh you know people that, but and George was just staggeringly authentic i think that's the thing that stands out to me is there was only one george reed and and he was the same under all circumstances and Again, just uh, a remarkable man, and he will be forever remembered for all that he accomplished again, both on and, and off the field, Kevin. Uh,
2: well said, uh, Commissioner, well said. Um, Commissioner Randy Ambrosi of the CFL uh, joins us, uh, Kevin Carius and Lori Ann Munzer, Sports 1440. Uh, um, Commissioner, uh, uh, Lori Ann has uh, one for you, so I'll, I'll let her have the floor here.
3: Good morning, Commissioner. So George has has really set the standard here and I loved how you said he's a, a force of nature. Who coming up, I guess, embodies a lot of the qualities and characteristics that George embodied on the field? Who who comes uh, to mind?
0: It, you know, Lorianne, it's a great question and I would be hesitant to to, to uh, you know single out one or two because I, I think in so many ways this is what's uh so fantastic about our league is that there's a culture of community in our league. And, you know, we see that and have seen that look, look in Edmonton, just the the names of the Edmonton Eskimos and now Elks who have made Edmonton their home, just as George made Regina, his home, the, they've given so tirelessly in the community speaking and, you know, speaking at virtually every type of event imaginable a real heavy focus on children and, and, uh, and good messaging. Laurie, and I think the thing about George and, you know, and and his uh, teammate Ron Lancaster um, and so many others is they set a, they set a tone for who we are as a league. And that was that we would be fun, fast, and entertaining on the field, but we'd be great in the community. And I see that in so many different players I'm so proud of that foundation on which that uh, George set for all of us, frankly, and and to and to aspire to just try to be, just uh just have a little George Reed in all of us, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's what's one of the reasons why the CFL is so very special.
2: Commissioner Randy Ambrosi joins us on the Kevin Carey Show with Laurie Ann Munzer Sports 1440. Um, you touched on all of what George did off the field, and I mean, I I wanted just to kind of touch on that with you a little bit as well with the george reed um, legacy foundation i mean he won the tom pate memorial award uh, really early on order of canada but it was that that kind of that foundation the george reed legacy fund that kind of got everybody in saskatchewan behind it can you just uh, touch on that randy and just how much that means to not just uh, in regina but across the whole league as well
0: yeah, you know, again, it's just a, it's just an example of somebody that came here. You know, they came from away. They were welcomed by they were welcomed by Canadians, you know, certainly in Saskatchewan George Reed is um, he's beloved. Uh they you know, uh, when George gets introduced and and has been to this um, you know, until his passing when he gets introduced that he's attending a game uh, you know he gets a standing ovation this is george reed he's he's just meant so much to the province he's been so omnipresent in all things and through his foundation he has just been tireless in um in giving back to the community again to, to lurie's question you know i think that's the that's the indelible mark that that players like george have left on our league and that's the standard they set for the players of today and the players of tomorrow is is not just to be great on the field, which are we have so 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 many great players, but it's to be great off, and that's what makes our league so special and why we're so important to the country. And through George's foundation, which I expect will live on, mm-hmm. uh, his daughter Georgette, I'm I'm confident that there'll be a continued effort to continue to give, and so in that way, George's George's. Uh, Contribution will will continue for you know years and decades to
2: come, uh, Commissioner Randy Ambrosius, our guest. Uh, Carius Munzer Sports fourteen forty. Um, I was kind of talking off the top of my my first recollections of the CFL were, would be George Reed and um, even though he didn't play in that nineteen seventy six game when the Riders played the Riders, Tony Gabriel made that catch. Uh, um, uh, George just retired uh, prior to that season. But what would you say your first uh, on field recollection? of of uh, George Reed were
0: well, you know, I, I'm, of course, I grew up in Winnipeg and uh, so therefore, you know, I was a devoted bomber fan and uh, George actually started, I was born in 1963, George's career started, mm-hmm. so I can't say I remember a lot of the first <laughs> uh, handful of seasons, if you'd if you be so kind. Uh, look, the fact of the matter is uh, anybody that beat my bombers back in those days, we didn't like very much, yeah. so I, in all honesty, and I hate to say this, but in all honesty, we didn't like them very much. Um, we didn't like them because he was so darn good. Uh it's frankly, was only uh, later in, you know, as I started uh, pursuing my own career in the CFL, but it was when I met George uh, as uh, George was the head of the CFL player mm-hmm. association. And I sat on the executive with him. And I just, when I was sat in the room with George, I realized that there was something different about him. Uh, George was not a George was not verbose. He didn't go on and on. But when George spoke, the room literally stopped, mm. and everyone listened. He was so thoughtful, so reflective. And one of the things I loved about George and his role with the PA is he loved the CFL. Yeah. And George wanted to find George wanted to find solutions. He wanted to find a way for the players in the league to work together. It was that impression that George left that will forever stick with me. So, you know, as a fan, we all have our, you know, depending on who you're cheering for, you can like or or not like a player. But when you stood back from all of it and you took your fan hat off, what you realized is he was a true superstar on the field. Without a doubt, he and, and Ron and so many others were true superstars but to me it was it was the fact that both george and ron god bless both mm-hmm. of them they were superstars off the field that's the that's for me the piece that i'll never forget is having had a chance to be with george to see the way he carried himself the thoughtfulness and that pure love of our league and his desire to see the league succeed, that's the part that will um, that I'll never forget.
2: Uh, Randy Ambrosi with Carius Munzer, Sports 1440. Um, when you touched on his role with the CFL Players Association, um, could, how much of a debt of gratitude do you think all these players from all these decades of years um, owe to Mr. Reed?
0: Well, again, it's almost hard to describe. You know, he was there for some very challenging times. And again, you know, I think the thing that I admired so much about George is he could be tough. Make Mm -hmm. no mistake about it. George, you know, George could draw a line in the sand. But George really wanted the league to succeed. He really wanted Mm -hmm. things to move forward and advance for everybody. And therefore, you have to know we're standing on his shoulders today. We really are, all of us are standing on the shoulders of those that came before us. And that's really the responsibility that we have. And I you know uh, I think about that all the time when i'm when I'm asked and tasked with this amazing job that I've been blessed to to have is that I owe that debt of gratitude to all that have come before us to 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 build the league to to make it stronger because we are standing on the shoulders of these giants mm-hmm. and you impossible to, to completely define just how much George Reed meant to the, to the CFL. But I do know this, we can never pay him back for all he did. Yeah. What we can do is we can do our very best. We can make sure that in every day and in every way, we're looking for ways to take the league to the next level, because that's what George wanted. That's what he always stood for is the league's long-term success, and that's a responsibility that I hope we all embrace because it's um, it's just one of the many reasons that he was such a special person.
3: Commissioner, with that in mind, and when you're talking with players, is you know in your everyday interaction with them, what's your biggest message that you're imparting and leaving with the players that are coming up?
0: Well, uh, look. Uh, in part, uh, Lorraine, it's it's that I'm excited about our future. I think more than anything, what I'm trying to convey, not just to our players, but everyone around. Look at what look at what's happening right now. Our um, we're having one of the best seasons we've ever had as a league. Our TV ratings in the 25 to 54 category are up. I think at last count, almost 37 percent. I'm sharing with them that this uh, this brand, fun, fast, and entertaining is what we stand. You don't have to be biggest to be great is a message that I'm trying to get everyone to understand. You do not have to be biggest to be great. George wasn't the biggest player in the CFL, but we cannot deny how great he was. I'm trying to convey a message that this, this is the time for us. This is our time. And it's not... It's not blind optimism. It's real. It's it's a focus on taking this foundation that we've been given and taking it into the future. Look at the ownership we have today, you know, from Amar Doman on the West Coast with Pierre-Carlo Palado joining us. There's never in the league's history have we had stronger ownership than we have today. Uh, you know, this just, uh, just on the weekend on Saturday, we announced our Grey Cup halftime with Green Day. And Carrie Underwood playing like these are these are global superstars and they're part of our great league. And I think sometimes, Laurieann, I think the thing I'm trying to is to be a little less Canadian and have a little more swagger, a little a little (laughs) more bravado, puff up a little bit more. No, we don't have to be we don't have to be arrogant and we don't have to overdo it, but just to see in us how great we really are because i believe we i believe that's the responsibility we have that george left is he um he did so much for us and mm-hmm. i want to now even double down again and do more but that's the message lorianne it's is just this is our time to take the league to the next level because there's something special happening and it's our time
2: CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi with Carius Munzer Sports 1440. Uh, With that in mind, and and you you touched on the CFL kind of the stretch run here, how excited are you, uh, Commissioner, for, I guess, you know, the last uh, month of the regular season and then the playoffs and then, of course, uh, all culminating with what should be one heck of a Grey Cup?
0: Well, it is going to be a remarkable uh, uh, run, towards the playoffs like this weekend you know i'll just pick one game out of the mm-hmm. i'll just pick one game out of the weekend you've got uh, you've got winnipeg and bc and there's a lot riding on that game and i can't wait to i can't wait to uh, to see those two teams play but it's really across the board you know the things i really have loved about the season and it, and it will impact us all the way through the regular season Edmonton as an example you know obviously got up to a very rough start Mm -hmm. but with Trey Ford and what he's done now that is a good football team yeah they don't have as many wins as they would like but what he's done is what sports is supposed to do and that is to create hope you you um, you walk into the stadium you turn on your TV watch it on your tablet and it's about hope and what Trey Ford and what the Elks have done is they've created a football team that can win on any given weekend I love that and as they finish out their regular season they'll start looking towards the future but it's not just them it's you know Ottawa who have not won as many games as they want but uh, that would have wanted but Ottawa can beat you on any given weekend and and there's these young quarterbacks that have come up this year and been given a chance to play. I'm so excited because now I think we have a foundation. We don't have any bad teams. We have teams that haven't won as much as they've wanted, but we don't have any bad teams. We've got good teams, and as we go towards the playoffs, like I think it's going to be exciting. Look at how well Hamilton played on the weekend, and um, you know Toronto. Toronto is a force of, of uh, yeah. to be reckoned with. But now you've got Toronto and Montreal in the East, both of whom I think on any given day can beat anything else. And similarly in the West, now it's going to be just an amazing run towards the Western final. And do we know? We don't. That's what makes the, That's mm-hmm. what makes sports so much fun is we don't know who's going to end up being you know in in Hamilton on November 19th to play in the Grey Cup that's the part that makes it so special
2: for sure one last one for you uh, commissioner just yeah, and you did bring up Edmonton here so uh, a lot of turmoil uh, for the first half of the season uh on the field, uh, the, the the results weren't there. Off the field, you know, with Victor Cui, um not working out, can you just, from an outsider's perspective, uh, from the commissioner's office, can you kind of just relay to um, Elks fans what you think? Uh, what, what do you think about the year and what, the direction of the football club going forward?
0: Well, you know, I, I always start when I think about Edmonton, and of course, you you both know I have a. It has hmm. Edmonton has a special place in my heart. Two of our three daughters were born in Edmonton. Edmonton will always be special to us. But it was, um, and perhaps still is, the city of champions to me. Uh, its its legacy of and its love of sports is, uh, is un- can not be questioned at all? And I think the future for the football club is very bright. I was so pleased to see Rick Lawlisher, you know, to take over on an interim basis. You know, Rick has... Mm-hmm. So much history, so much experience, both in Edmonton and, of course, uh, more recently with BC. But I know Rick's going to help that board of governors. My my old teammate, uh, former teammate, um, Tom Richards and and his board members. Uh, Rick's going to help them, you know, devise a strategy. But it really starts. You have got to go back to the field. You've now got a pretty good football team. You've got a great young quarterback who has just electrified, you know, all of us who have watched him play. Mm-hmm. I think as they start planning forward, you know, they now have a foundation on which to build the future, both again on and off the field. And you know, again, it's the city of champions, and I can well never doubt the uh, the support that the Elks will get from the community. You know, but mm-hmm. the, but what comes with it? What comes with a city that's used to winning? is they want you to win, right? So this is the conundrum uh, that you face is that it's great to be in a city that loves sports, but they also love sports excellence. But now with Rick at the helm and uh, and with support from the board and with a really strong foundation, I think winning is is in the uh, Elks' future. And that gives me reason. That gives me good reason to feel optimistic about the future. There,
2: hey Commissioner, can thank you enough for your time this morning. I know you're probably doing a whole bunch of interviews regarding George Reed across the country today, but thanks for taking the time. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you when you uh, next visit our city.
0: I look forward to it as well. And best wishes to all of you and your and your listeners. And and uh, you know, enjoy the fall. Happy Thanksgiving to to everyone. And I do look forward to seeing you again sometime soon.
2: All right. Thanks, Randy. Thanks. That's a CFL commissioner, Randy Ambrosie. Man, uh, that was a, a good get last night late uh, regarding George Reed uh, And that was the Pigskin Report brought to you by Mr. Lube. Be winter ready at mrlube.com. Uh, any takeaways from from that, Lorianne? I mean, he had some, a lot of really good comments
3: regarding George Reed and the, and the state of the CFL moving forward too. So many different things and just really as an athlete, as a person, as a business owner, as a listener, is there is always a legacy you're going to leave. So th- my question to everybody is what is your legacy that you're mm-hmm. wanting to leave? Whether you've thought about it before or if you haven't thought about it before, there's something inside of you, all of us, mm-hmm. that needs to come out and we get to see some of the best athletic you know, events showcased here in our own city and we get to talk to some of these most amazing people. And you know, sport is is really about creating hope.
2: It is for sure. Um,
3: Mark Specter, top of the hour.
2: We'll get to Spec in about twenty minutes. Uh, a lot of great guests again coming up. Uh, Shane Peacock, Curtis Pashelka, Dan Hayes. We're elevating your game as well with Loria and Munzer. Can it get any better? Oh yeah. Oh, it can. Oh, oh it can always. <laughs> and we got the Duke, fresh off his his weekend excursion down south and his niece's birthday
3: man i was wondering where the cake was i yeah. thought he was gonna bring in you know a couple pieces i think he's
2: still on that sugar higher did you have a like a did you have a big slice duke or what
1: i had one cupcake <laughs> singular <laughs> that was the little uh, extra sugar rush i needed to make the final two hours of the trek oh man and uh, and then a quick a quick shut eye in the front <laughs> seat of the truck before i left the hall that, oh, was, man. that was about all i had left in me
2: i want to see some pictures from this wedding <laughs> We'll see
1: what happens. <laughs> I I don't know if there is any, oh, and if there is, I think I'll probably burn them. It's so. not like
2: the like you're not bringing the photo roll out from the Hangover. No, the movie no, The Hangover no, it wasn't Nothing quite like, that
1: off the rails by okay. stretch, but yeah, yeah, few good, few good. Tales from the
2: Night out. All right. Uh, still lots more to come. Carius uh, Munzer, Sports 1440. Stay with us. We're, uh, we're back right after the break. All right. Welcome back to the big program. Text coming in, 1-833-401-1440. Craig and Red Deer has this one. Almost everyone on the show, with the exception of Terry Ryan, had Sutter as a lock. To make the team what say you guys now craig and red deer well i would have been one of those that said that he would have been the answer to the fourth line obviously health is the issue and had he been 100 percent healthy i think he would still be here um this is from ian and i had to go back duke you i think you probably had a gander at this one too uh ian sent us a text about three weeks ago but anyway he says woohoo blue jays are playoff bound quickest and most stressful 200 bucks i've made now i just need i think my potential son to be born to make that 400 bucks now this what this did laurie and this kind of rang a bell with me so we go all the way back it was actually the day after we went on the air i'm just looking back on his ian's text thread My wife and I are having a kid in October. I'm a diehard Jays fan. I have a $200 bet with my wife that I will have a boy or the Jays make the playoffs. I win $400 if I'm right about both.
3: (laughs) I love the ideas that get sparked from this. This is
2: good. So uh, Blue Jays will take on the Minnesota Twins. In the best of three, after, you want to call it a sort of a play-in, I don't know. It's, I mean, they have different phrases for it. Um, two teams get the buy, right? And Houston kind of came out of nowhere to get one of the buys. Uh, Everyone thought Texas was kind of sitting pretty uh, in the American League West, but uh, the Rangers falter a little bit. So it'll be the Rangers and Tampa Bay in one bracket in the American League. The Blue Jays will take on Minnesota uh, in the other bracket. So the Jays technically go in as the sixth seed. You could call it that. Uh, Texas is the fifth seed. Uh, The winner of the Jays and Twins will go on to play Houston. So that's kind of how that looks. And the National League, Atlanta, L.A. with first-round buys because they had the top two records. So it'll be uh, Arizona and Milwaukee in uh, the 6-3 uh, page playoff game, if you want to call it that. And then uh, the Marlins, man, what a what a kind of a run the Marlins went on to get in to take on uh, Philadelphia. Lorian Munzer in a very quick three-game series. Okay, so we're not talking best of seven. This is a best of three. Jay start tomorrow. Uh, By the way, all the games are at 2.38 our time. Okay. So the afternoon games. Um, In a short series, what is the mindset of these athletes? Because it's not a best of seven like the World Series and things like that. So quick series, how do these players go in with the mindset in a short series?
3: Three words, do or die. (laughs) It's do or die. And every game counts, and it counts like it's the World Series. So this is really the pregame setup for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And it's literally all your eggs are in one basket, everything is on the table, and you are doing everything within your power. You're also looking around you as well so that you're taking on the energy of where your other teammates are, what are their plays, where are they? And there's, there's like another level of sense and intuition that you get when you're on, on that level. And this is where it is. I think it also comes down to uh, third wild card mm-hmm. for the Jays. I mean, how, how many times has that happened or is this the regular MO and it's, it's got to shift. It's got to go to a whole other level. So last year the
2: Jays had a what was it Duke was it an eight nothing lead on Seattle in
1: was I've, it eight? I've done my best to erase that okay. game from my memory but I do believe it was eight to nothing
2: eight yes. nothing so they had a lead eight nothing uh, mm-hmm. last year against Seattle everyone was like um, hey it's do or die as you would say no um, but everyone was already looking ahead to the next game. Yeah. Thinking that the Jays had won. Uh, two two part question for you here. How how often is that going to get brought up into the mentality of their mindset? Mm-hmm. The fact that what happened last year and how do you only use it as a positive?
3: I would use the word next. Forget about it. Like mm-hmm. it's next because if you keep going back to that, it's going to repeat itself, and it's you got to go forward with. Where are we? What are we going to do right here, right now? That's the only thing that you have to focus on. But then it also sets up your preparation leading into when you walk on the field Mm -hmm. is you never, ever, ever take your foot off the gas. And I always say have two feet on the gas because you will invariably take one foot off the gas, but then that means you've still got the other one. If you only have one foot on the gas and you take a foot off and you coast, which happens, Mm -hmm. then you're done. So you have to be on. The question is, how long can you hold the focus for? How many innings? Mm-hmm. And then if it goes into overtime, can you keep that focus? And you've got to be doing that all the time. The mental preparation is super important. It is 95% of the game. And then it's even that much more important at this level. It's not best of seven. It's three. It's yeah. do or die. It's literally do or die
2: laurie Munzer's Munzer is our uh, Monday morning co-host on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440, uh, 7.53 um, in Edmonton. Now, the other aspect that I have uh, in my mindset is always in a short series. And to be honest with you, this, I think, can go in any game, like even in a single game. And I've always said this for a long time. Uh, momentum is such a big, big factor in sports, uh, in the outcomes of games. Mm-hmm. And momentum is the thing that you want to keep as long as you can. And then when you lose it, you have to get it back as fast as you can. Absolutely. So in a, I think it kind of changes the mentality in a shorter series as opposed to, you know, a seven-game series where you go, well, okay, if we lose one or, you know, if you lose one game here, you're facing elimination.
3: No, you're not. you still got two games because I faced the same thing okay. going into the semifinals in Athens at the Olympics, and it was literally do or die. I lost the first uh, heat. I was sleeping. I wasn't. I was not on fire. Were you literally sleeping? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> just, <laughs> but figuratively, just kidding. But I can tell you what was going through my <laughs> body was not the energy of a champion. It was not the energy that I brought in the second heat and the third heat. <laughs> and it was, it was just. Well, you, you call me the monster every once yes. in a while. And it's just I literally had to pinch myself to get me out of the funk that I was in in the first heat because I was flat. Mm-hmm. And you know as soon as a player walks onto the field or the player steps onto the ice, there's an energy at the start line when you cross onto that field. And if it's not there, then you have to get it back. So how do you get it back? Um, sometimes in cycling, like you'd see a lot of the players with their headphones on, they certain music that will jazz you up. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the music, what do you do? Do you slap yourself? Do you pinch yourself? Um, do you have somebody that you talk to? Is there a certain keyword? There are so many different things that everybody's going to be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see things different. I was talking with Katrina LeMay yeah. that night before I went off. She sees everything. I see hmm. like one thing. There, there was 6,000 people in the stands, Kevin, and I could have heard a pin drop. Hmm. And then it wasn't until I was listening to and watching the replay of, of the gold medal race, I I had no idea how much noise 6,000 people make. But in my mind, it was just quiet, but I've been practicing that. And the mental preparation that you have and that you take Mm -hmm. into a game is an everyday event. Even if it's five minutes, yeah. I didn't spend more than five minutes a day. If I spent 30, 40 minutes, is too much. Mm-hmm. That was overtrained. Hmm. So it's what are the pictures? What are the movies? Yes. What are the plays that you're doing? You can do the same thing um, at your work, whatever profession you're in, whatever you do.
2: We are going to expand on that um, a little bit later in the show in the new segment uh, called Elevate Your Game. And we will talk to Lorianne and kind of, expand on all those thoughts a little later in the show at the top of the hour we hook up with uh, mark specter from roger sportsnet on the mark it's Carius munzer sports 1440 but first guess what we're doing duke we're going to have a little sports update And, of course, it is Monday night, which means it is Monday night football. This Sports uh, 1440 update is brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round, Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays. uh, You could win a trip uh, to watch your favorite team next next year. Also wear an NFL jersey tonight to the downtown location. Get 50% off wings. Here's the Duke.